Many people are using the FaithFi app to help provide the wisdom, community, and money management to stay on track, financially speaking. To date, over 37,000 members are using its digital envelope system, participating in our community forums, and engaging in virtual workshops. And one of the most convenient features is the ability to keep all your accounts in one place for an easy at-a-glance view. You can choose from one of three options depending on your management style, and it's available on desktop or mobile. Go to faithfy.com and click App to get started. Do you have any false gods in your life? Would you know one if you did? I am Rob West. It doesn't have to be a golden calf to qualify as a false god. It could be almost anything, anything that stands between you and Christ. I'll give you some examples today so you can be on the lookout. Then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance. Biblical wisdom for your financial journey. Well, Psalm 20 is one of my favorites. It begins with a blessing and ends with a statement of faith. Here's part of Psalm 20, starting at verse 6. Now this I know, the Lord gives victory to his anointed. He answers him from his heavenly sanctuary with the victorious power of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up and stand firm. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. Back in David's day, chariots and horses were the most powerful military technologies available. If you had those, you could usually expect victory. But the psalm says there's something even more powerful out there, the name of God. In spite of that, some people were still putting their faith in worldly things like chariots and horses. Anything you put your faith in other than the Lord our God is a false god. As Larry Burkett used to say, a false god is anything that detours our commitment to God. You probably won't be trusting in chariots and horses today, but here are a few false gods that you will recognize, along with some modern twists on Psalm 20. Financial security is a false god. Some trust in retirement plans, savings accounts, and investment income. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Government provision can be another false god. Some trust in welfare programs, federal relief checks, or government handouts. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Power is often worshipped as a false god. Some trust in status, reputation, and financial influence. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Personal autonomy is a very deceptive false god. Some trust in themselves alone, depending on their own financial goals and expertise. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. The consequences of trusting in false gods are severe. God is not mocked, the Bible says, and he tells his people over and over not to worship any other gods. We see the most glaring example of this in Exodus 32 as God meets with Moses on Mount Sinai. Verse 1 reads, When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, up, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. 
Aaron goes along with their demand and crafts a golden calf, most likely representing a false Egyptian god. It didn't take long for the people of Israel to lose their faith, turn away from the Lord, and begin worshiping idols. The insult to the Lord continues in verses 4 through 6, which read, They said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Now, Aaron may have intended that the sacrifices be made to the one true God, but the Israelites obviously didn't think so, and God certainly wasn't fooled. He tells Moses in verse 9, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now, therefore, let me alone, that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them. Of course, Moses pleaded for the people of Israel, and the Lord relented, although some 3,000 of the worst offenders were put to death by the Levites. Now, it's easy to dismiss this biblical lesson, thinking we'd never worship something as ridiculous as a golden calf. But an idol can be anything. It could be your dream house, the shiny new car in your driveway, or your 401k. All of these are potential idols that threaten to replace God in your life. They themselves are not evil, and possessing them is no sin. It's only when we let them come between us and the Lord that they become a real problem. Whatever you face today, whatever decisions you have to make, don't make the mistake of turning to false gods for help. When you're a believer in Christ, you have a much greater resource, the name of the Lord your God. All right, your calls are next. 800-525-7000. We'll be right back on Faith and Finance. Stick around. We are grateful for support from LightPoint Portfolios, which seeks out family and faith-friendly investments for 401k and 403b plans, integrating faith values and fiduciary duty. LightPoint Portfolios offers retirement plans for a variety of organizations such as businesses, nonprofits, and churches. And we're grateful for their sponsorship of the MoneyWise program. More information is available at lightpointportfolios.com. Do you feel like your hands are tied with debt, preventing you from serving God? If you have credit card debt, Christian credit counselors can help. Through our debt management program, we can get you out of credit card debt about 80% faster while honoring your debt in full. For more information on how Christian credit counselors can help, visit ChristianCreditCounselors.org. That's ChristianCreditCounselors.org. Or call 800-557-1985. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West, your host. We're taking your calls and questions now on anything financial. Whatever you're thinking about, we'd love to chat about it. 800-525-7000 is the number to call. Again, 800-525-7000. The lines are nearly full, so let's dive in. We'll begin in Fort Lauderdale. Hi, Shay. Thanks for calling. Go right ahead. Hi, Rob. I am 38 years old, and I have been working in the mental health field uh, for the past 13 years. My company that I work for has a revenue-sharing 403B, and I'm thinking of 
retiring or resigning from my full t- from the position there. And I wanted to figure out what the best steps would be as it relates to getting either the payout of the, the money that they have in the account or rolling it over into either a traditional or a Roth IRA, which I've heard you talk about, but I would like some more information on that. Yeah, I'd be happy to, Shay. Did you say you're 38 years old? I am. Okay. And what are you planning on doing next? If you were to resign from this particular job, would you stay in this industry or move to something else? I will. Right. I will remain as a mental health therapist, uh, but just with a different agency. I see. Okay. Yeah. And have you picked out that particular agency or would you do some job hunting as the next step? I I have. I have. um, I already have something lined up. Yes. All right. And do you know if the, they have benefits available, including a 403B? I'm not sure, but I think they do. I'm like 80% okay. sure that they do offer a 403B um, that is employee um, employee provided, like employee paid for. The, my yeah. current company is only employer. Interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah. With a 403B, it would be, there would be an employee per- portion and then an employer portion. The employee can do a salary deferral into the 403B and then the company would choose whether or not they match any portion of that. Um, what I would recommend here, Shay, because you're young, you've got time on your side. I mean, uh, if you you know are going to work for the next 30 plus years, you have a lot of time for this to grow. And rather than creating multiple accounts, uh, because when you separate from the company, you can roll it out and you certainly can roll it into a traditional IRA. Wouldn't you, I wouldn't roll it into a Roth uh, unless you did that with intentionality because uh, that's going to create a taxable event. All of that uh, amount would be added to your taxable income for the year. And then, you know, you'd have a, a steep tax bill to go along with that, that you'd have to pay. Um, but if you roll it to a traditional IRA, it would not be a taxable event. You keep it inside that tax deferred environment, and then you would have to redeploy it into the investments. But rather than with this smaller amount of money, I mean, it's not insignificant, but you know, when it comes to thinking about what you will ultimately amass over your working career between now and retirement, this will just be a small piece of that. I would actually recommend you think about rolling it into your new 403B with your new employer. And then you can just start contributing to that out of your own salary deferral and add to it. But the nice thing is it's it keeps it fairly simple. You have this limited universe of investments to choose from inside the 403B. You've got everything in one place. You're not having to keep up with multiple accounts and statements and, you know, documents and so forth. And it just, you know, keeps everything pretty simple, which is a good thing when it comes to our finances. But give me your thoughts on that. And did you have something else in mind in terms of how you would use the money? No, I think that's a great idea. I wasn't sure because I was, I, my only debt right now are my student loans and my condo. I've paid off my car. I don't carry any credit card debt. I pay things off at the end, you know, at the end of every month. So sure. I was just wanting to figure out, do I roll it over and just put like a lump sum on my mortgage, which I have about $90,000 left on my condo to pay it off? Or do I roll it into, um, you know, into additional investments? So those yeah. are my two major questions. 
Yeah, and I would rather you not pull it out because, number one, you're going to pay a a 10% penalty if you take a withdrawal in addition to the fact that everything is going to be added to your taxable income. So that's a pretty steep, uh, you know, cost for you to access this money. Um, and the whole idea behind you putting it in there in the first place was for it to be able to grow over a long period of time. And the compounding effect is going to help you build this up into something substantial, of course, plus what you'll add to it over the next 30 or so years so that you have a pretty significant nest egg in retirement that then could supplement Social Security and cover your bills as you move on to whatever God directs you to next. So I like the idea of you keeping it there. If you needed to free up margin to be able to accomplish other more pressing goals like paying down debt, uh, I'd maybe think about backing off um, what you're contributing moving forward in terms of new contributions into your new 403B before I would be looking at taking money out that you've already contributed. So I would roll it into this new 403B if your employer will allow you to, and you'll need to ask them, and then decide whether you have enough margin to pay off the student loans in the time frame you're looking for or whether you need to back off new contributions to be able to increase that margin to do more. I'd probably think about that student loan in terms of what would it need, what would I need to send every month to pay it off in 10 years? Now, if you had a conviction to pay it off less, great, do that. But I think if you had a 10 year plan to get that completely paid off and you're still contributing uh, to your retirement plan and taking advantage, especially now while the market's down, being able to buy in at a discount and then grow that over a long period of time, I think that makes the most sense. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much for the advice. All right. Thanks for calling today. God bless you. We appreciate it. 800-525-7000 is the number to call. It's 800-525-7000. Quickly to Chicago. Hey, Sheldon, how can I help you? Hi, gentlemen. Uh, good afternoon. I Let's just say I know a person, i.e. me, that's on Social Security disability, okay? The government says you cannot save more than $1,300 in the bank. I already give to church like I'm supposed to, but I'd like to save some money for myself. I was thinking gold coins or something like that. What Since I can't save more than $1,300 in the bank, what do I do with my surplus every month when I get paid? Because I've got more money than I do with bills. Yeah. Yeah, well, there is that limit, which we need to comply with, and we certainly don't want to try to hide anything from view of the government. I mean, those asset limits are there for a reason. So with regard to SSI, it has a $2,000 asset limit. Now, is it Social Security disability insurance that you're collecting? It's disability because I, I have a condition called diabetic gastroparesis that I got like 10 years ago. Um you know, if you have more than $2,000, they'll cut you off, your benefits off, is my okay. only concern. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would check into that. My understanding is that supplemental security income, the SSI, is what has that $2,000 asset limit. Well, that's not the case for the SSDI, Social Security Disability Insurance. But the bottom line is, I'd call the Social Security Administration, talk this through with them. And if you end up having a surplus every month, then you should be able to pick up uh, more of these expenses. I think the key is, in good faith, we want to honor the laws 
those and the the regulations that are set out before us and not try to get around that with any kind of creative maneuvering of our finances. I think the key is taking a step back and saying, what do I really need to live on? How much do I have coming in? And can I cover my bills on my own? And if so, that's great. That should be the way that you proceed. If you need to fall back on this and you comply with the asset limits, then obviously you're perfectly entitled to it. Sheldon, thanks for checking in with us. All the best to you, sir. This is Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West and more of your calls and questions just around the corner. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Absolutely free. We know you've learned to be suspicious of those words, but really, you can get biblical financial wisdom delivered to your inbox absolutely free. Articles, videos, podcasts, and special offers on biblical resources. More than 50,000 people receive our free weekly wisdom email, and you can too. Create your free faith and finance account. Just visit faithbuy.com and click sign up. We are grateful for support from Sound Mind Investing in the Faith and Finance program. If you have money in a retirement account or just a general investing account, you know the stock market can sometimes seem like a roller coaster. But it is possible to enjoy both profit and peace of mind in investing, no matter what's happening in the market. You can see a short video webinar on that topic at soundmindinvesting.org. Since 1990, Sound Mind Investing has sought to offer financial wisdom for living well. Soundmindinvesting.org. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. Before we head back to the phones, as believers, we're called to be generous with all kinds of giving. The question is, what kind of giving takes priority? Well, Colossians 1.16 says, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Well, in light of God's complete ownership of everything you already have, what should your giving priorities be? Well, here's what the late Larry Burkett, financial teacher and author, used to say about giving. He would list three levels of giving. He would say the first is to uh, support the church. Uh, That's often called the tithe, modeled after the Old Testament principle of the tithe, which means a tenth. Uh, The second is offerings. And the third is sacrificial giving. So your financial giving should start at your local church, God's plan A. The Bible emphasizes this responsibility, of course, in Malachi 3.10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Well, how much money should you give to your church? Well, Deuteronomy 16, 17 says, every man shall give as he is able according to the blessing of the Lord your God, for he has given you. And again, in 1 Corinthians 16, 2, it reads, on the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money, here's the key, in keeping with his income. Uh, Setting aside uh, on the first day of the week means that your church giving should be set aside first before other expenses. And what we're seeing here is this idea of proportionate, systematic giving that we should build in right off the top, I believe, starting with our local church. Now, beyond that, the second level of biblical giving is offerings. Uh, God will give you many opportunities to meet needs in your community and around the world. I would say this giving is over and above your financial church giving and can involve money, but also time and talents, depending on the need. The key attitude here for offerings is readiness. 
First Timothy sixteen eighteen says, "Be rich in good works, be generous and ready to share." After tithes and offerings, a third level of giving, according to the scriptures, is sacrificial giving. This is where you give up something you want in order to help someone in greater need. Uh, Hebrews thirteen sixteen puts it this way: Do not neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. On a final note, it does matter how you give. You see, God sees your heart, and He loves a cheerful giver, the Bible tells us. God is pleased with our sacrifices when our heart is right, and the eternal benefits are significant. Uh, You'll remember the treasure principle. You can't take it with you, as Randy Alcorn said, but you can send it on ahead. So we're storing up treasures in heaven. So here's the idea. As we make our plans for this year related to giving, perhaps we ought to start with supporting our local church according to our income, systematic giving, then be ready to give our extra time, talent, and treasure where it's needed. Finally, we should be ready to give sacrificially above and beyond that, perhaps where we give up something to help someone else. And of course, we should give cheerfully to those with a greater need. Well, I hope that helps you as you think about your giving this year. 800-525-7000 is the number to call. Let's head back to the phones. Cleveland, Ohio, Agatha. Thank you for calling. Go ahead. Thank you, and thank you for all that information you just shared with us. There's been times when you've given it at the beginning, and I wish you would have repeated. We all needed to hear that. We (laughs) all needed to hear that. I'm 71, I'll be 72, and I am retired. I have a TSP. Um, I I have an IRA with my uh, insurance company, Primerica, and, you know, nothing's doing really too good, and I haven't done anything because yeah. I don't know what to do. I listen to you every day, and I listen mm-hmm. to Burkett, and I got Susan mm-hmm. stuff. And so the thing, my question right. was, I know i got to do a, a, some kind of withdrawal when I become 72 in November, but uh, I was just one, and I don't know how to really access my TSP because I forgot the answer to the question, so I'm not doing nothing, anything, because I don't know what to do. But I would like for you to just suggest with me to me, uh, I have uh, like I mean a hundred maybe a hundred five thousand I didn't contribute because I guess I didn't really understand well I needed my money to live so uh, and you know I get retirement you know yes. SSI and uh, Medicare and so okay thank you okay yeah very good so you're fully retired Agatha and what are you living on now I get a good I get I've been work I have worked since I was 16 retired at 69 I get a hmm. uh Medicare uh, not Medicare I get SSI and whatever that check is I get two checks a month and it's good it's yes. almost as good as working Okay and so that covers all of your bills Sure it does Okay great yeah I help family <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Well, you're living modestly and following biblical principles, and that's the reward that comes from that. And then you've got this TSP, and is it still in the Thrift Savings Program? It still is. Okay, and what's the is. balance on that, roughly? About 105000 You know, it, it came down a little bit, so when they, when they send it to me, I do look at it. I don't try to record it because it's not that important. You know, it changes. That changes. <laughs> Yes, very good. Have you considered rolling that out and having somebody manage that for you? Yes, I want I want you all to manage it. But every <laughs> but the uh, uh, other time I ever got to speak with you, I keep remembering what you call them. And uh, okay, I live in Cleveland. I know you. Sometimes- 
Yes, yes ma'am. Well, so here at uh, Faith Five, we don't actually manage money, but we do trust the Certified Kingdom Advisor designation. What you'll do is you'll head to our website. Are you comfortable using the internet? No, I'm a little bit. I I, okay. I wasn't interested. My son takes care of all that for me. Okay, very good. Really yeah, busy. so write this down. Tell him to go, that, and you can do this together. Uh, our website is faithfi.com. That's faithfi.com. And what you would do is you and he together would click on the button that says Find a CKA, Certified Kingdom Advisor. And then what would happen is that RMD, or excuse me, that, that TSP, Thrift Savings Plan, would you'd roll that out to a traditional IRA. So that's not going to be a taxable event. The best way to overcome the effects of inflation is to get that money working for you, to get it growing. And so I think a Certified Kingdom Advisor would be a great choice for you in terms of helping you to think about how it should be invested and then actually doing that for you. And that's where the wise counsel comes in. So tell your uh, your son that you need some help. Go to faithfi.com, click find a CKA, and you guys can take it from there. If we can help further along the way, Agatha, please give me a call back. Thanks for your kind remarks. Grateful for your uh, uh, considerate uh, remarks today about the program. Well, that's all our time for today. But before we go, I want to say thanks for spending time with us today. Thanks for your calls. Thank you for listening. And thanks for being a faithful supporter of this ministry. If you're not yet one of our financial partners but would like to be, would you visit our new website, faithfi.com? That's faithfi.com. Then click the Give button to sign up, and we'd certainly be grateful. In the meantime, please set a reminder on your phone and make plans to join us again next time. I'll be here, and I hope you will be too, for the next edition of Faith and Finance. We'll see you then. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.